Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi friends, welcome back to Mommy Diary the podcast. Today I have a very special episode with one of my dear friends, Emily. Today's episode can be triggering for those of you who are pregnant or if you've experienced the loss of a loved one or a child because we will be discussing her grief journey through the death of her son. So if you don't feel comfortable moving forward with this episode, please feel free to turn it off now. So Emily is a light worker and her journey to becoming a life coach started with the death of her son Teddy in 2018 when he was just three days old. Inevitably, this changed her, and after five months of deep despair and darkness, she felt a glimmer of peace and hope through a spiritual awakening. Since then, she's made it her sole purpose to spread light and love, and today we're going to be talking all about her grief journey and how Teddy's life has been incredibly impactful not only for Emily, but for everyone that she serves, including myself. And here is Emily. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. For those of you guys who don't know her, Emily is a dear friend of mine. And we met on Instagram and she was one of the first friends that I felt so connected to. Today, I feel like we're like soul sisters. And I I feel that about some people. Um, Now I know that there is what's called a soul group or a soul family where they kind of reincarnate in different lifetimes together. And I know it sounds kind of like crazy and woo-woo for some people out there, but um, I've been on this journey where I just keep gravitating towards certain people or those people gravitate towards me. It's like a very mutual, like a two-way communication of like two souls. And I feel that you are that person, Emily. So I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. And can you please begin by just introducing yourself, who you are, and what you want to talk about today to enlighten our our listeners? Yes. Thank you, first off, for inviting me. Um, I have felt the same way about you. Just before we started recording, I started talking about how you were one of two people who really helped. You, You just provided a safe place for me for the first year immediately after my son died. And so that was, you know, that's just priceless to me. And you're, I I do believe that our souls gravitate towards other people and we're just magnetized to them. I feel the same way. And I'm so thankful for you. For those of you who don't know, I, so I have three children. My second son, he was born March 30th of 2018 and he died three days later on April 2nd. So that's a huge part of my story. And as you can imagine, it turned my life upside down. You know, I, looking back, as I describe it to people, it's pretty much for five solid months, I was 
it was a really dark place. And then once I, I found a sliver, just like the little tiniest bit of comfort and that just grew and grew and grew. And I had a very spiritual experience and I've ever since then, I've just wanted to share that with others. I definitely feel like I, I was navigating uncharted waters for myself, especially when it came to spirituality. Although I consider myself a spiritual person my whole life, I was, my roots were very religious and I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. I, I always viewed myself as open, but you know, it's hard not to absorb certain ideologies and belief systems when you're so moldable and young like that. So it was definitely a journey. And I guess what brought me so much peace and joy was this spiritual awakening. And that is what I want to share with others and to mainly just to be a resource. I remember because of my background in such a church, like Christian church environment, so religious. I didn't know who to turn to, like who would be a safe place that I could ask these questions to. And so I'm so grateful for you, Angela, and another friend, Kelly, Kelly Packer. She's been like another spiritual mother to me, just helping me through the learning process. And I think it's more of like, We've always had this inner knowing, but as you start to unfold and peel off the outer layers, you realize, oh, I've always known this, but now I know it and I'm aware. It's more like bringing it to, bringing the subconscious to the conscious awareness. So I would love to be an Angela to someone. That is the whole reason I started my podcast and the whole reason I started life coaching you're going to make me cry. I can't believe like you're saying those words because I really had no idea. Obviously, like we connected, we became friends and I loved our DM sessions. I love chatting with you and I loved following your pregnancy journey. And, you know, we're both busy mothers. We're both very ambitious mothers where we like to have, you know, find work outside of motherhood. So, you know, but we'll always like check back in. I think we've collaborated on a blog post before. I love that you, you know, we would just kind of like stay in touch. And I um, followed you throughout your pregnancy journey of Teddy. And I felt very connected to your pregnancy journey because you know one we're both mothers and two I've always resonated with your soul and what you had to say and when um when I heard that Teddy died and I'm using that word very intentionally because I you know heard your podcast and I know that you feel most comfortable using that term right Mm -hmm. so when that happened I was so heartbroken Emily like I really cried and I was so just I'm just I, just thinking about it makes me feel so moved because I could only imagine like the pain that you were going through, and I didn't know what to say. You know, it's like one of those things where you really don't know what to say. But I felt I felt the pain with you, and I I wish you know that I was there with you. For me, it was like a transformative journey too, and this goes to show the power of connection, even though it's through social media, and how much impact we can have in the world from the confines of our home. Mm 
Won't you agree? Like the fact that we've never met in person, Mm -hmm. but we've established this like close, you know, intimate connection as friends online. And I feel like I was there with you throughout your journey. Of course, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I could, no way, there's no way I can imagine the depth of the pain and the grief and the sadness that you've experienced. But I really felt, you know, heartbroken for you and with you. And I think for me, that was like a sign that we are truly connected in spirit. Yeah. And that at the soul level, like the physical distance, the physical boundaries are not important. Like when it comes to that soul level connection. For those of you guys are listening, um, something amazing happened right before we recorded this podcast. And I was telling Emily before I hit record, I was feeling Teddy's presence. I dropped off my daughter at her friend's house and I was driving home and I can just feel Teddy's presence. I was listening to Emily's podcast and just trying to, you know, figure out like what type of questions I had for her, what I want to talk about with her. And um, I just felt Teddy's presence and I couldn't really do any other work today. And I felt like it was Teddy kind of telling me like, just chill, you know, you don't need to work so hard, just take a deep breath. And I know that, like, I really know that he wanted to be here so that we can focus. And I know that this conversation that we have today can be life changing for someone out there. I don't know who, but just like you impacted me, just like Teddy has such a huge impact on me today. I know that, oh, sorry, I'm going off on tangent. But before this ha- before I recorded this, I was going over the questions, the interview questions that I wanted to ask you. And all of a sudden, this blue light and the rainbow just started flooding in through my window onto the computer screen that I was using to type. And I just couldn't ignore it. It happened so strongly. And I felt this really intense, loving energy. And I know that was Teddy. So I recorded. It's on my Insta story. I'm going to save it to my highlights just so you guys know that this really happened. But Teddy came through and uh, this blue light was just radiant. No way, came back again. Um, So you can see that on my Insta story highlights. But before we move forward, can you tell me Or can you tell us the significance of the blue light and what that means to you? Definitely. And I'm actually seeing, like, as you were talking, I saw this. I don't know if you see it, but there's a little, well, it's gone now, but there was a little blue circle, like an orb on the, like one side of your, your face. And then the other is like just light pouring in. And I just see all these rainbows. Oh my gosh. There it is again. Okay, so the significance of blue. So I mentioned how the first five months after Teddy died, and the reason I use the term, you know, dead or that they died, a lot of fellow lost moms, we we just want to call it what it is. And, you know, there's a lot of discomfort around death, which is understandable, but it's a very cultural thing. And it's uncomfortable. We don't know what to say just know that even even the people who have, even the parents, the surviving parents, they even sometimes don't know what to say. So, you know, I don't think that it's offensive if you say so-and-so passed away, but 
I think over time it can, the euphemism can become a burden because it's like, well, call it what it is, you know, he's dead. And that's like the first step in moving forward is realizing just calling it what it is. So the first five months after Teddy died were very, very dark. Just the depths of despair. I don't, it's every parent's worst nightmare. And the reason I don't even remember why, but I just felt called or compelled to connect with Teddy's spirit and to attempt to see his aura through my mind's eye. And I was like, okay, so how do I do that? And I just started researching auras. And I think I reached out to you. I had asked you if you had ever done that. I just wasn't sure how to go about it. So all I knew to do was just, I was lying in bed one night and I attempted to connect with him. So I was opening up my mind's eye, you know, that the shocker right here, I didn't remember what it's called, in between your eyebrows. And it was just lit up. You know, when, if you've ever done a chakra meditation, you're focusing your attention on different chakras. And when you do that, you can, it's almost like energy. It's just, you're very aware of that place of, on your body. And so as you open that up with the attention, amazing things can happen. So I was doing that and I immediately got the impression that I connected with Teddy and then I saw blue or just blue came to me and I got this visual of a shade of blue. So I just quickly picked up my phone and went to Google and I searched what that meant. And as I was reading it, the meaning was very impactful and it resonated and I was very emotional. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to set my phone down and try this again. And then I got white the next time. And then I looked that up really quickly. And, and then the word cherub came through and I was just a mess because everything resonated, everything. It's just, I think when you feel someone's presence who has passed away, it's very hard to describe it with words. So anytime I find myself explaining what happened, it feels like, oh, kind of anticlimactic, (laughs) but it was incredibly powerful. And that was honestly the first time I felt any sort of peace after Teddy died. It was the first sliver of peace. And what was really incredible was at that moment, that was such a shift and so powerful for me that at that time I was pregnant with um, our rainbow baby, Luna. And I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl at that point. It was very early on, but she, I connected with her and hers. I've always gotten the same aura for her. So it's really neat to see just the way that that connected all three of our souls at one time. And that was literally the first time I felt connected to my unborn baby. And so it wasn't just powerful in that I felt the smallest little semblance of peace and comfort after Teddy's death, but I also got to connect with my unborn baby and actually feel some sort of attachment to him or her. So that is where the blue comes from. And ever since then, I just feel like Teddy's been 
he shows up for me in different ways. Like I see a blue jay and I just feel his presence, you know, that, oh, that happened the next morning. So this was the, he should have been six months old when this all happened. And so that happened that night. And then the next morning I saw a blue jay right out my window. And I was just like, he is just trying to communicate with me. And as soon as I was open to receiving it, it just started pouring in all the messages. You know, uh, gosh, like so much goes through my mind as I hear your story. One is um, I also have a similar experience. I talk about this. For me, it was my grandmother. She passed away. And there's a whole like a story that goes, I should probably, this probably means I should share that story one day. But I started feeling her presence. And at first, I also grew up in a very traditional, conservative, religious family where I thought that once you pass, you just, there's heaven and there's hell. Growing up Catholic, arguably, there's purgatory, but that, again, depends on what type of denomination um, Christianity you believe in. So it made no sense. So I would just all of a sudden just get feelings, certain feelings or like a very loving energy or just... I would see like a red cardinal, like I would see these just really pretty colorful birds that are not common, Mm -hmm. would just sit right outside of my window and I'll look at it and I'll just immediately think of my grandmother. And it made no sense to me at first. I thought, okay, what's, you know, I just kind of try to, I guess, rationalize it. And uh, more and more similar to you, I think as I saw more and more signs and I started just kind of trusting my intuition and getting over that fear of this is wrong, this is not right, like that's your ego speaking to you. Mm -hmm. You may feel drawn, like your heart or your intuition is telling you one thing, but our head does this funny thing. It's trying to, in a weird way, I guess, protect you from stepping into your full potential. I don't know if it's protecting or preventing. It really depends on how you look at it, because then you can really not live the life the same way. Like, don't you agree? Like life 100%. becomes different and you start seeing signs everywhere and you become very more open. I also um, have a similar experience with like the chakras opening. And even that when I felt my heart chakra open, it's really hard to explain, but it happened when I was on a drive, I was listening to this music just felt this, it was almost like a very um, deep sense of love. And I just knew like something was opening up. How did I know? My intuition knew, but I had no language to even put that experience into words. So again, similar to you, I would Google like, what does it mean when you, when this happens to you? Or, you know, what do you, what does it mean when you see this like same bird every day or And then it started kind of guiding me towards like spirituality. Like, what does it mean when I see 1111 or 333? Like, why am I seeing these numbers? So it's not that I was trying to be spiritual. I was just following the signs that were, or the things that were happening to me. And that's what brought me to this place today. And I can totally relate um, when you say it's really hard moving out of this very, dogmatic, rule-driven, like someone's pretty much already telling you this is how it's supposed to be. Like, this is who God is. This is what the experience is supposed to be like. This is the laws. These are the rules. And this is what you follow. And you're taught that. I was taught that from age zero to 
20 something, you know, Mm -hmm. even after I became a mom, I was still very much trying, I was trying to fit in, you know, I tried so hard to fit in to the religious mindset, because it was just safer, it was more comfortable, it was a language that my parents knew, and it's what I was taught. And this was totally scary, because there's no one around me that are familiar with this new way of um, looking at spirituality. So I think that's for me, like connecting with people like you really helped me to, oh, I'm not the only person (laughs) who are seeing these things, you know, who feel these things. And, you know, that's just a language that really just spoke to my heart. And I know that's why we would always be like chatting about crystals and aura colors. And, you know, something came to me today while I was driving for you. I feel like the number three has a very significant meaning in your life. Three. Right. Three. Yeah. Like Teddy died three days later. I think Mm -hmm. Luna was born three days before Teddy's. Was it birthday? So they're technically Irish twins. She was born three days before he was born. So what what, what exactly is Irish twins? So Irish twins is just two babies born within one year. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) they're not actually. They're not actually twins. Yes, they yes. Just have okay. them so close together. So she was born three days before his birthday. Yeah, and then yeah. his uh, birthday was three thirty. Yes, right? mm-hmm. March thirtieth. Yeah, thirtieth. And um, I do so see weird three thirty three a lot. Like that's you one know, the three... angel number I see a lot. Oh really? Yeah. So three that it just kind of came to me. I was like, wow. I think number three means something significant in your life. I don't know how I know that. I just <laughs> felt that. Uh, for me, it's been um, ever since. I always thought three was significant for me too. And when I got pregnant with my fourth daughter and um, I'm on baby number four, the number four kept showing up. So I think these um, spiritual numbers can change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it transforms. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to tell you that. But Thank And you. I know now there are listeners who probably wonder like ex- what happened, what the pregnancy looked like. You don't need to go into too much detail, just, you know, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, because I know that right now it's your call, calling your vocation. You want to help mothers who are experiencing some kind of grief or loss. So I think it would be very valuable if you share your story a little more in depth, but of course, just as much as you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, so I had a very, I had a low risk pregnancy and it was my second pregnancy. So my first one went so wonderfully. I read all of the books about, you know, delivery and I was very interested in an unmedicated delivery just because of the risks, you know, that came along with other medications, epidurals, you know, and I definitely didn't want a C-section unless it was absolutely necessary. So I did a lot of, you know, I read Ina Mae Gaskin's book. And so my first pregnancy um, and delivery was unmedicated. It was a dream. I just pretty much rode the, the hormones that you have during birth. They could just put you in la-la land. <laughs> Um, you know, I have to say something about that. I hate to interrupt you, but I want you to know that you were one of 
like my inspirations, you are one of the main reasons why I chose an unmedicated birth. Because I didn't know I had three children and I had, you know, for me, epidural was very normal. That's what everyone was doing. I was Mm -hmm. scared of the pain, but I knew that you were the one that kind of told me these positive birth experience stories. And in my heart, I knew, okay, that's what I'm meant to do. And I'm probably going to share a whole nother um, episode on this, but I just wanted you to know before you continue that you gave me courage to have an unmedicated birth. And it was the most empowering, spiritual, the most beautiful experience of my life. To me, it's like, I'm so glad that I had that experience. I I would have almost felt deprived or like kind of just gypped from motherhood, like experiencing this amazing love hormones that God had planned for us. So I just want to thank you that thanks to you. I have chills all over and that means so much. Delivery was so empowering and by far it was the most transformative day of my entire life. It's very transformative. So I had such a great experience with my first and um, I hired a doula. Like I just, I felt so supported and empowered and strong. And um, so I decided to do it again. And this time I went with a midwife. And so that was the only difference because I was definitely low risk. So that is what we did. Um, I gave birth to Teddy. He was full, he was full term, but he was underweight and he was doing, he did, he was pretty, you know, healthy just looking at him and yeah, we don't know exactly why he died. Um, we pretty much held him his entire life. We just did shifts, keeping him warm and he, but he was perfect. He was tiny, but he was perfect. And I was very stressed and, you know, sleep deprived, but I was in love and yeah, it was, so we don't really know what happened. And that has been hard as well, not having that closure. And it's, it's interesting, like the, it's just, you ask, I never knew this until I experience this, but when you lose a child, you feel really guilty, like really guilty. And for some reason we, we are looking at what did I do wrong? What did I miss? And it's just, I think it's our brain trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. And, you know, any outsider looking in would never point the finger at you or at me, but even so as the mom or as the dad, you just think, what did I miss? What did I not do? So that's something that surprised me. And now I can have so much empathy for other, other parents who are going through this. Cause I know that they are feeling they're really hard on themselves and they shouldn't be, but we're just doing it to try to make sense of something that literally makes no sense. I think that guilt, man, I just wonder, even though I've never experienced it firsthand, I could just only imagine because just being a mother means constantly feeling guilty, you know, when things don't go perfect for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very natural for us mothers, any parents really to just want the best for our kids. And um, when things like this go wrong, even though it's completely out of your control, it's very human, I think, 
to want to rationalize. And, and I think we feel guilt because it just goes to show how much we love that soul and how much we wanted to protect and guide, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I just have so much love and um, empathy for you, Emily, like just, just that intense weight, it just must've been so heavy. And I know that you fell into depression and gosh, like I can only imagine, like I've experienced really intense depression, but I don't think it was anywhere near, you know, what you've experienced, just that dark place mm-hmm. that you were in. It was dark. I actually just remembered a, well, we, we actually moved back in with family. So we thought it would be great, you know, and I think it really was necessary because I was so out of it and I had a, an almost three-year-old running around who needed help. And I would just sit in this recliner and stare out the window or, And I remember texting you or DMing you in that spot. And I have like a visual, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that was, it was the darkest, darkest point of my life. And it's, it's hard to describe. And when hearing you talk about just how it's like a human thing to want the best for your children and just wanting to protect and guide them, I got emotional because in the way it played out, Teddy's actually been the one guiding me. So like, he's been the one protecting me. And as soon as, as soon as I opened up to his messages and to, I guess, for lack of a better term, just my spiritual awakening, then he started taking care of me and he started guiding me. And, you know, even before I had that experience, with seeing his aura, I had a couple massages right after he died. And I got the sense that he was really wise. And I don't know, I was like, what is this? But I just felt like he was so wise and he was older than me. Like he just knew more than me. And there were a couple of times like where I had a release and I just started crying when she was working on my shoulders. So I think that was symbolic of like, that's a, you know, I was bearing a burden I didn't have to bear. And it's just, and you don't want to hear it at the beginning that you'll be okay and things will get easier. You don't want to hear that, but in the end you are provided for and you're always taken care of. And, you know, my life, I'm a totally different person than I was prior to birthing Teddy, I'm a completely different person. And although I am the same, I'm also so different. So, you know, he, that's, he's somehow become just a light to me and he's given my life so much purpose. And he's obviously touched countless other lives. You know, he's touched your life. And, you know, I know lots of others have just really been impacted by his story. And so although I wish daily, you know, that he was here, I know that he is here and like his purpose is being fulfilled now, even though he only lived three days. 
And, you know, I can totally like confirm that I feel Teddy's spirit, even when we're talking about him before. I just felt, I think I told you this before, right? I just feel so close to him. I just feel that these souls have a greater purpose than what we can comprehend as humans, you know, living on earth. And I agree. I think Teddy was a wise, wise soul. And I know a lot of um, spiritual teachers will say that our earth age and our soul age is different. Like our children can actually be older souls than ourselves. Mm -hmm. I personally think I was an older soul than my mother. And I think maybe my mother feels the same way about her mother. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think my fourth baby, Rumi, I think she might be an older soul than me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about her eyes, like just the awareness that I sense. And she's only four months. Mm-hmm. But there's, of course, I wouldn't really know until I watch her grow up. But I can definitely, I definitely agree that Teddy's soul could be wiser than all of ours. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it was amazing. And I think that, you know, if, the listeners are open to receiving this, then they will like be encouraged. And obviously if you're not ready, this will just sound like crazy talk and it will just sound like, okay, that's a little bit woo woo, which is fine, you know, because I think I used to be a little bit unsure, but at the same time, I was always, always, always open. Um, I just wasn't very verbal and I don't think I felt like it was safe to pursue it. But you know, when your your when your son dies, you just nothing else matters, and you kind of get the gumption to just do whatever. <laughs> and it's like, what really matters here? What really matters? Yeah, I mean, what really matters is Teddy and her soul, his soul purpose, and your soul purpose here. Mm-hmm. And I agree, you are the same, Emily, but you've transformed through this experience. And I am so honored that I got to see that personally. Yeah. And when you got pregnant pretty fast with Luna, I was yes. so excited for you. And I remember I was talking, I, I said, I think this one's going to be a girl. And I remember we're talking about her name. And can you tell us about that, about Luna, the pregnancy after Teddy, I'm sure was really difficult. And also like your relationship with the moon, because that's something that I totally resonate with. I actually have a tiny moon tattooed on my wrist because I don't know, it's it's something that I've always resonated with. Mm-hmm. I'm very sensitive to moon energy and I can just feel, I feel differently when the moon is full versus like the different stages. I don't even know the science behind it. All I know is I just know intuitively I feel it. I feel Mm -hmm. the moon. So yeah, I would love to hear more about that. Okay. So I got pregnant very quickly with our rainbow baby and we decided, I just, I loved the name Luna and I decided that, I don't know, it just came to me, but I've also like you had a really strong connection and relationship with the moon as women were like our, our cycles are basically aligned with the lunar cycle. It's about every 28 days 
And if you tap into that, I think that we are, we just become really phenomenal, really powerful when we can work and come at, you know, when we work with our flow instead of against it. And that's a book that I read. I, I think I read it after or right around Teddy, either before he was born or after, but the woman code by Alyssa Vitti or Vitti. I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name. I'm sorry, Alyssa. Um, but yeah, I've always had a strong pull or connection to the moon and both of my sons. So Charlie and Teddy were born on a full moon and I just, it's just has always, I've always gravitated towards the moon. I've noticed its cycles. And so, yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And just, I think the, what's neat about Luna is she was born, I think during a crescent moon, which some beautiful, I don't know, Instagram followers sent me this like the phases of the moon, this really beautiful garland and it's hanging above her crib. And she told me what that meant. And I, now I don't remember, but something about being born during a crescent moon, because that was different. It surprised me when she went past her due date, but it was very, very difficult to be pregnant so soon after the death of Teddy. However, it was also very healing. And almost, and I think that's how healing goes is it's, you know, transformation is, it's not pleasant. It's not going to feel that comfortable, but so it was very hard. I, I remember, you know, talking with my midwife and just saying, there's so much deja vu and my therapist, we worked through that. It was weird. It's like a sense that I did this already and I did this last year and now I'm doing it again. And so it was, it was heavy and it was hard, but it was very, I think in the end it helped me face and like really like face my sadness and, and face that loss instead of putting it off. And it's like, it's just in your face. There's no way you can avoid it. It's just there. And so I did a lot of work. I saw my therapist like every other week. And then I'm really, really thankful for my midwives. Uh, I'd actually moved back to Oregon for that year and they were incredible. They did so like, they just took the best care of me on every level. And even after I delivered Luna, I had a I was lucky to have another unmedicated birth with her. Um, I, I just felt so supported. Like there were, I'm a pretty private person, especially when it comes to the birth room, but I ended up having two midwives in there. My husband was in there. Um, I think there were two or three other assistants, which to me, that would have sounded like, well, that's way too many people, but I felt like I needed that. And so that was, I don't know. I just, I'm so thankful for all the care they gave me. And I kept seeing, oh, I just remember this. I, we gave birth in this, what room was it called? I don't remember, but they had all these prisms hanging down and it was catching the light and there were rainbows everywhere. And I have one picture of, I was like 
either holding or breastfeeding Luna and there was a rainbow on her cheek. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, it was so powerful and so special. And initially when you asked me that question about my relationship with the moon, I thought you said womb. And I was like, oh, that's a really good question because, you know, we store, one of the main things I've learned since the death of Teddy is we store so much in our physical bodies. We're not always aware of it. And, you know, so I was so lucky and blessed to have a midwife who helped me and she did a lot of like energy work with me, especially in that area, you know, and after I delivered Luna, she did energy work and balancing in my perineum because even though I didn't have any, I didn't suffer any physical trauma, there was emotional trauma. And, you know, I, I tell anyone who has lost a baby, I say, go find someone, a therapist who is certified in EMDR therapy because we, I learned that trauma embeds itself in our DNA and it's going to manifest and show up in ways we could never imagine. So it's very important to keep the energy flowing. You don't want any dormant, stagnant pain or energy and, or else it will just cause more problems. So I'm very thankful that I was so supported, not just physically, but energetically and spiritually, because it was very necessary. I 100% agree to what you said. And um, I want the listeners to know that I can also confirm that as I had a lot of people in my birthing room. And I too am a private person, but I had a doula. I had a midwife. I love midwives, by the way. And a lot of nurses and the entire, there were just, there's something about this divine feminine energy in the birthing room when there are women, they're just cheering you on. Like I just felt like we're all connected and there were strangers essentially, except for my doula and my husband, but I can tell they were just so connected. It was like almost like modern day sisterhood. It was like my own village in my room. Um, It was so empowering And just that entire birthing experience was so different than like my second delivery where everything was, I was induced, I went in the hospital, my doctor was a male. So everything was just very medical. It felt very cold and sterile. And I mean, it was the same vaginal delivery, but how I felt through it was just entirely different. So if you are like pregnant or if you're listening out there and you're considering different options, like please do look into hiring a doula and um, consider midwives and just having more females, I think, Mm -hmm. um, as your team. And I don't want to sound like a sexist by saying that, but I do believe that there's something very special that we females share and understand, especially when it comes to pregnancy, labor, and delivery. Yeah. And I think when a lot of these negative emotions are trapped in our bodies, it can, that's what can lead to cancer, various diseases. So I too am a believer of that. I try to avoid um, medication. 
I try to use a lot of holistic healing methods. I love acupuncture. I'm just eating really clean. And because that's, I just know, like my body tells me this is what's good for you. You know, like I let my body speak to me and I let my body, that's how I experience like how I go through my all my pregnancies my postpartum I never really follow like a set rule or regimen it just I just listen to my body so if my body's craving meat that means it needs more protein that's what I give it if my body's craving fruits um, vegetables more water I just am very in tune with my body and I think that's what really helps me and I think that's what a lot of these holistic, like Eastern medicine practitioners say. So, and that's so um, funny that you mentioned about food because I was just talking to another spiritual soul sister this week, and I was like, I just, for some reason, I just picked up dates from the from the the store, and I was like, you know, I know how important they are during pregnancy, but it was almost like, I just trust myself these days. Like if I feel like, Oh, I should, I should get this. I don't know exactly why I just know I should have it. And I think it's just a muscle. Like if this sounds daunting to anyone, just know that it's a muscle that you start working and it'll grow stronger and you can learn to trust yourself. But you know, as I, I just knew I needed dates. And so I picked them up and um, you know, depending on where you are in your cycle, I think it's very effective and helpful because, you know, did you have dates at the end of your pregnancy? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm a huge, I love dates. I don't know if you um, read my recent blog post, but I've been drinking a lot of date and ginger tea. Okay. So that's something that a lot of Korean women, you know, Korean, I, one day I want to share like the Korean postpartum method because it's all about like exactly what we talked about. Um, listening to our body, keeping our womb and our uterus, like our utero, like that area warm. And um, there are certain rules, you know, you don't, because when you give birth, all your bones are expanded. I mean, mm-hmm. think about a baby coming out of like down there. It's, yeah. Your bones are completely restructuring itself. There are different ways to take care of your body. So everything goes back to normal and uh, Korean in Korean culture. I think a lot of like, even the Chinese culture believe this too. They believe that when a woman takes care of herself really well and mindfully and intentionally after childbirth, that she could actually be healthier than she was before. So, um, cause a lot of your, your toxins and things can be expelled out of your body with childbirth. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, dates is um, very good for you. I know I like made a list of it on my blog post. For me, I love dates because it just feels good. My body tells me, I don't know, again, the exact science behind it, but my body tells me this is good for you. Like give me more. So that's why I love dates. <laughs> yes. I love them. And it is very helpful. If any listeners are pregnant, it helps with the, if you eat, what is it? Six a day every day yeah. at the end of your pregnancy, it can really facilitate effective contractions. So that's, you know, going to help give you an easier birth. 
I drink the tea um, consistently during my early postpartum days too. And that helped me a lot. Um, I bounced back really fast. Recovery was so smooth and I'm really tired, but I've been breastfeeding my daughter for four or five months now. And she's so big. Like I'm not consuming a lot of extra like junk. I'm just eating, trying to eat really healthy. People ask me like, what are you eating? Your baby's so healthy. And, and I really feel like it's just because I eat very intentionally and I eat what my body asks me. And again, it is, like you said, it is a muscle that has to be exercised and it gets better with practice. But ultimately I really want to talk about like the importance of intuition, Mm -hmm. like us trusting ourselves, right? Like I think we women, a lot of us are scared to trust ourselves when we are so intuitive and we are so powerful and motherhood taught me this. And I think this can lead into like the different spiritual practices that helped you to um, heal. And I'm sure healing is not a linear journey. I'm sure you still feel these emotions, but can you share with the listeners like what the grief journey looked like and what you've learned about it, like what you can share to help others who may be experiencing grief on some level. Definitely. Um, One thing I've taken away is just how differently we all grieve. And so we won't grieve in the same way. I think allowing yourself to grieve the way that you just naturally do is healthy. So giving people permission to do what they have to do is very important. And you're exactly right. Grief is not linear. It will come in waves. So I was actually just DMing with a lost mom just before this interview. And I was just telling her, you know, it will come in waves. So, so just whenever you feel it and the grief just feels like it's going to wash over you and it's overcoming you, just let it because it will subside and then you'll experience some joy and it's okay to feel the joy too. So, you know, we, we talked a lot about have, how do you hold space for the grief and how do you, the sadness and how do you hold space for the joy and the happiness in life that still is, it's still there, but how do you honor both and hold both? simultaneously. That's an art. And I think when you resist less, it helps. So that has been a huge takeaway. Um, And I think it helps me as I talk to other women who have lost a child or two children or three, just knowing that, you know, I can tell them, I think just affirming, validating people letting them know that however they feel is okay. It's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. I think that's very important for them to hear. And I, yeah, I, think I agree. Asked me another question, but I lost track. <laughs> yeah. I was asking you like, what helped you on your grief oh, journey? Right. You know, what type of spiritual practices? Yeah. Would you recommend what worked for you? And I know it's different for everyone. But I feel that once you're kind of open to different spiritual practices, 
there is value in all of that. We both kind of, we like, we both like essential oils. We mm-hmm. like crystals. We, I'm sure we, we both meditate. Yes. Um, and we use visual visualization techniques like hypnobirthing, hypnotherapy, that type of stuff really works for me. Talk therapy really works for me. Just like you, I am a huge believer of therapy. I also have gone through therapy to heal from depression, you know, my special needs parenting journey. I too had a lot of guilt and shame that I carried as a mom of a special needs child, um, which, you know, trickled to our marriage. So our marriage was suffering because I was depressed and I wasn't able to find joy in my life. So I had an individual therapy. And my husband and I, we've both gone to couples therapy. We're kind of at this place now where we don't need it as regularly, but there was definitely a time when we would go every week and it was work, a lot of money, but I would remind him that, you know, we're investing for our, this is an investment on ourselves and our family, which is priceless, you know, and it definitely helped. So again, you know, these spiritual tools, you know, you there are different methods available and not, not, you know, people react differently to it, but I do feel like there are certain practices that just kind of work as long as you're open to it. I agree. And I think that you will be drawn to where like whatever practices that you need to go to. So, you know, if attempting to see someone's aura is very daunting and overwhelming. Well, just start small, start with yourself. I think just, just the act of, okay, I'm going to work on myself and try to heal was, is like the biggest step right there. You have, there are so many resources out there and, you know, you can do recently I've started utilizing like sound baths and, you know, the frequency of sound for healing and opening up chakras. And so it's a journey and it's never ending. Like it's going to, you're going to be led to where you need to go and it'll come in bite size, just in a bite size amount. That's perfect for you. One thing, I mean, I definitely started with talk therapy and I, I made sure that I found someone who was certified an EMDR therapy, because even if you have not lost a child and they haven't, you know, even if you haven't experienced some huge traumatic event, we all experience trauma. It's a spectrum, right? So I think it's very important because that's the only way you're going to help integrate your spirit and your body. It's going to help release that from your body and it helps form new neural pathways. And so I think it's just invaluable. Just if you can just start anywhere, start with talk therapy with someone certified in EMDR therapy. And then another spiritual practice that really helped me has just been meditation. I love to use guided meditation. I've always done one. It's a chakra balancing meditation I found on like my podcast, like on iTunes years and years ago, but that has been extremely helpful. I'd say, and essential oils did help me. I never took any medication. I'm definitely not against it, but the thing that really got me through those five months 
was, I think I used frankincense a lot. And then there was another blend. I think it was called white Angelica. And it was just all of those oils were very high frequency. So those two gave me a lot of peace and they helped calm me down. And then I got into crystals and I realized how much I can work with crystals and those can help. Um, So I've been reaching for different crystals to help, you know, and we all manifest anxiety and stress in different parts of our bodies. I didn't know that. (laughs) I naively thought, oh, most people just experience it in their chest. Well, I think that's a common place for it, but I, not everyone does. It can show up in all parts of our bodies. So I've been working with crystals more. What's another practice? I think I mentioned the sound baths and affirmations. That was a great one for me. Just getting into like, I think repeating affirmations while also doing some restorative yoga poses has really been helpful. That's one way of releasing what needs to be released. And you you know, you're essentially speaking life into all the cells of your body. I think we're just so much more powerful than we realize. And that's what I've taken away from this spiritual journey. Oh my gosh. I just looked and it's 1010 my time. Angel numbers. That's something else I've been seeing. You just start seeing so many messages. And I think my main takeaway from this whole spiritual journey is we have so much more power than we realize. We are limitless. We can co-create our lives. And then whatever we want, we can help co-create that. If it's more love, more freedom, more abundance, just more love, we can call it in. I 100% agree. Like ever since I've taken this um, spiritual journey where I am guided by my intuition, um, the God within me, I've just felt so much more freedom and so much more joy and gratitude. Like my life is just definite and my life is not free from stress. Um, but I definitely know now how to manage these um, daily stressors better. And I've become a better person overall. So that's how I know that this is the right path for me because the end result, which is me, is so much better. I am at a much better place. And regardless of what is happening in my life, there's this sense of calm and faith and connection that just can't be shaken. Mm-hmm. And for someone like you, that's how you know. Yeah, that is how you right. know. That's how you know, right? That this is a right. Like you don't need someone else's permission. There is no um, set of rules or a book or a doctrine. There's nothing else. There's it's you're not you're not waiting for validation from an outside source. You just know. It's like this deep inner knowing that no one can take away. So at this point of my spiritual journey, it doesn't matter what anyone tells me. I just know I'm at the right place because I feel so free and I feel that much more grateful and love in my life. And Mm -hmm. that's what really fascinates me about your journey is that the amount of grief that you endured, that you experienced is just so much greater, I think, than what 
the average person goes through. I mean, just the pain of losing a child. I think I would really want to just die and like disappear. I've, I've reached that really dark place before. And I think it'll be that times a million, like million times over and over again. That's why when I think about you and Teddy and what you've went through, I feel so much like sadness. But at the same time, it's kind of amazing because we would see Teddy, right? Like we would both like experience it. Even today, I saw him, like he totally came through as like this giant, like this bright ray of blue light. So it's sad. But it also makes me feel very blessed. I'm just so honored that I can witness this through you, through you and your journey with Teddy. And I think you have like so many amazing things to offer to other women. Yeah, so that kind of leads to my next question. I think you're on a new journey right now. Right? Are, you, you're, are you offering coaching? Can I you am. tell us a little bit about that and what? they can expect by turning to you for guidance. Yes. And it's funny. Actually, it's been quite a journey. I, I always knew like the only thing I knew and I was certain of after Teddy died was okay. As far as like my purpose, all I wanted was, okay, I just want to spread light and love. And that is all I want to do. Obviously I wanted to maximize time with my family And just like, that is all that matters. But this, I couldn't shake the, I want to spread light and love to everyone I can because that there's nothing else. And so I went on quite a spiritual awakening and journey. And I started off, I thought that I had landed at Greek coaching. I thought, okay, I'm going to help other women. Like, this is perfect. You know, I walked through this. I can really help empower other people. And I'm, the main goal was I want them to feel that glimmer of peace and comfort that I did. But what's funny is, you know, that was very important. But now I, it was like the universe said, oh, actually, you were lim- limiting yourself and you were holding yourself back. So I want you to do this. So now I'm, I'm offering life coaching and just like within a week of shifting and making that pivot, it's almost like I've had more clients and like more, just more um, people seeking me out. And so it was amazing to me to notice, like, you know, I thought that it was one way and I thought that I was going to help people through grief coaching. And then I was ultimately blocking myself from helping more people. So I offer life coaching and, you know, I have a Facebook group because I know that, you know, I think the most important thing when you seek out a life coach is to feel a connection and you want to, for lack of a better term, you want to be attracted to their vibe. And so I, I offer, I decided to offer a Facebook group at a very low cost so that people could interact with me and they could get a sense for who I am and how I could help guide them. And we utilize spiritual tools like the tarot and we use crystals. And I also deliver like a source message. So every single week, I also offer weekly, like if you don't want to commit to a three month long program, you can do a week with me. You can do two months. You could do one month. I just want to make myself very available 
to help people because I think that I just remain like, I want to come back to that main thing is I want to be a resource to, I just want to be a resource to women who were in my shoes. They didn't know where to turn, you know, who can I, where is a safe place, a safe space that I can ask these questions to and not feel judged and not feel like I'm being wronged or just being wrong. And yeah, basically provide a safe place for them. I think finding a safe place for us um, to grow and transform, you know, make mistakes, pivot our plans. I think that is such a gift. And today through social media, we're able to find each other. So even through your Facebook group, I'm sure there are so many women on there who are just finding so much support and love that they can't find even from their immediate family and your closest friends sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, Emily, just, gosh, just your journey of, you know, losing a, a child going, experiencing the, the biggest, the most profound loss and grief and turning that around and now wanting to be love and light for others is just so inspiring. And whatever worked for you, and I'm sure it's still an ongoing journey. Again, I want to reiterate that, you know, we still have hard days, right? I'm sure as you go through this, you're not, your journey isn't over, but it's so, so invaluable that you're doing this because I'm sure there are so many women out there who are still stuck, trapped in that cycle of depression, sadness, sense of worthlessness and guilt and shame. And you got to find the way out. But when you're in it, it's so hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you know, yeah, nothing works. People would say, hey, go to church. I tried, you know, Bible study. I tried praying, retreats. I mean, they help, but it was ultimately a journey that I had to take on my own. And I couldn't be guided by other people. It was more like I had to do the inner work myself. And one by one, these people that I needed started coming to me. Does that make sense to you? Like, can you relate to that? 100%. It's like, and it's, it's pretty much us just acknowledging. And then we open, we acknowledge and that opens this door and we become receptive to, oh, there is so much support. And then all of a sudden you're connected with other people and other like-minded people who are on the same journey or have been through the same journey. And now Obviously, you know, I'm like you said, it, it's never a never ending journey, but I'm, I'm, my life right now looks drastically different than it did immediately after Teddy died. I, I'm a totally different person. And I, that I do, even though we all have our days, I'm, I'm mostly just so, I feel so grateful and I feel so connected to Teddy, my spirit guides my higher self guides me daily and I just feel very empowered. And I think if I can help other women feel this too, then that's my life's work right there. You and I have different experiences, but we're at the exact same place. That's exactly how I feel. Um, I just feel so much gratitude and joy and just love in my life, despite the hardships I've 
went through, despite the obstacles I faced today, definitely not easy. And that is my lifelong vocation. I think that is my sole purpose, like helping other women get there. And I'm so thankful, like thankful, not only to you, but to God and like Teddy, like, I'm just so thankful that you've reached this place, like pretty fast, I'd say. I I would say my journey is very, it was very fast. (laughs) Yeah, I think you were just always ready. And I think you're always just, it just needed something like that one transformative moment. Mm-hmm. And I think Teddy is a big part of that. So I'm just so excited to follow along your Thank journey you. and all the amazing things you're going to do for other women. And I'm going to put like all your Facebook channels and your Instagram page and all the information is going to be on the show notes for any of the listeners who feel guided to reach out to Emily and consider um, working with her. Yeah. If, We've been talking for a long time and that just flew by. And again, yeah, again, I think it was so beautiful that Teddy was here like the entire time. The way he showed up, like on my computer screen as I was typing, it's like a miracle. So when it happened, I got chills everywhere. I was feeling emotional and I was surprised, but not really because Mm -hmm. I feel that their spirit is always with us. I firmly believe that. I think that was like another sign for us. Like how beautiful is this journey, right? So beautiful. And then there was a blue light when you we when we were talking too. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, our conversation, I, I think was just, uh, just so amazing and transformative for me. Thank you so much for your time. And do you have any final words for the listeners as we close out the episode? Oh, just... I want you all to trust yourself, trust yourself and trust your inner knowing. And even on the worst days, remember that the universe has your back and you are limitless and you are powerful and you are capable of anything. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your light. And I can... 110% feel it. I can see it. It's just amazing that you are such an angel and a light worker. So thank you so much for your time, Emily. Thank you. So great talking to you. you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you. Love you too. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next. Talk to you next week.